0: Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI, our episode on natural disasters, and I can't believe it, guys, this is our seventh episode in season three, and that's 30 episodes per season, well, 120, no, 60, see, there's my math again, 60 per season season if you're a patron. So thank you to all of you guys, and I hope to continue creating this content for a long time. I'm enjoying it, and it seems like you guys are as well. And that for me, is the greatest reward I could ever ask for. All right, well, let's get back into our topic. And believe me, guys, I've been thinking about this a long time, how to deal with this topic. ¿Cómo tratar con ello? Because, of course, we're talking about disaster, destruction, damage, words that are ugly words. But they're also things that we have to talk about. So I hope I'm giving it the seriousness It deserves, without boring you, (laughs) sin aburrirte. I don't want anybody falling asleep in my class. But I thought it was good to take a look at all this vocabulary. So let's look at some of the worst disasters, worst natural disasters in history. And the death toll, I think you would say maybe tasa de muerte, la cantidad de gente que ha muerto we said before the casualties the death toll now this list doesn't include epidemics or famines and a famine i think you say ambruna is the word so it doesn't include epidemics or famines now the worst natural disaster in history according to the amount of people who died death toll that's 1931 So not too long ago, you know, 1931, we're not talking about the 1800s or Mount Vesuvius back in the day. I mean, we're talking about pretty recent history, 1931. And the highest figure, what I've done here is I've gotten the highest figure. There are always estimates, uh, estimaciones. But, of course, the further back you go in history, the harder it is to trust those sources, esas fuentes. But they say, according to a high estimate, 4 million people were lost four million lives were lost in the china floods of 1931 and you know what caused them excessive rainfall sure if you have excessive rainfall well the dams the rivers well the water won't be held back and soon it will overflow into the streets and that's what happened so because of excessive rainfall we also, uh, we jokingly say in English, Because it rains a lot in the northeast of the United States. Sometimes we say it's monsoon season. Cuando está lloviendo a cántaros, when it's pouring in New York, we're like, man, is it monsoon season? I don't think we really have monsoons in New York, but we use that jokingly. Another way we talk about rain in the States is we say downpour. But this is heavy rain. When it's pouring, there's downpour as opposed to drizzle. Drizzle, you say chidi meaty oh, I think another way you say light rain. But I will tell you, in the United States, you won't hear them say, we've got uh, a lot of rain this weekend. They're, they say, uh, we're expecting heavy showers in the New York area. ¿Qué? Duchas pesadas? Yeah, heavy showers in the New York area. That's how we would say a lot of rain. Light showers. So there's a whole vocabulary that you can get by watching meteorologists. And let's be honest, some are more entertaining than others, aren't they? Now, the second one, it was also in China. This was uh, further back. This was in 1887. And this was the Yellow River flood. Two million people were lost. So if you recall, before we said that floods were the most common They're also the most deadly so far. The two floods where the most people, the two natural disasters where the most people were lost were both floods. And the third one? Is the third one a flood? What do you guys think? No. The third one was an earthquake. Again, in China. Anybody feel like moving to China? No, thanks. (laughs) This was in 1556. 1556. Whoa, we're going really far back now. 1556, 830,000 people perished. estoy dando muchas formas de decir fallecer hoy. They perished in this tragedy. And then I wanted to jump ahead on the list to number six. We're going to go to number six because that's something that's what well, we mentioned before, and I think something that everybody still got fresh in their memory, and that's the Haiti earthquake of 2010. I know in Spanish you say Haiti, in English we say Haiti, and somebody from Haiti is Haitian. That would be the nationality. So this was uh, an earthquake that hit Haiti, the island of Haiti, in 2010. And this was one of the more recent natural disasters. The magnitude was 7.0 on the Richter scale. 7.0, which makes it one of the strongest earthquakes the world. I didn't say that area. I said the world has ever seen. So, and it's recent history, guys. We're not talking about decades and decades. I mean, this is recent. The Haiti earthquakes. And it rocked the country. It rocked in this sense means it devastated the country. Uh, there were aftershocks, and this is another thing. We said the word aftermath, but an aftershock is usually after an earthquake, there are these tremors that happen later, that later on because, well, it's vibrating. So if you notice, when you ring a bell, it vibrates a little, little, but it continues to vibrate, right? Same kind of idea behind it. You know, you think 2010, we're still losing Almost a half a million people, people dying of hunger, people losing their homes. And a lot of people criticized, obviously, there was a lot of criticism in the global community that we could have done more. Same thing happened with Katrina, too. So that's the real question we've got to ask ourselves. How prepared are we for one of these situations? Because it's all smooth sailing until the storm comes in. As they say, the calm before the storm. Tenemos la misma expresión en inglés. And again, these names have become all too common Katrina, Ida, Andrew, La Palma. You know, the, these, uh, I just feel like every day, it seems, there's a natural disaster happening around the world. So I decided to take a look at the stats. How many natural disaster events they call them for this study how many natural disaster events do you think there were in 2020 worldwide i mean all around the world i want you guys to take a guess take an educated guess a hypothesis what did you say did you say 100 Mm, Nope. more did you say 500 all right well lower 416 natural disasters. That is more than one a day. Do the math, guys. 365 days a year, that's 416. Instead of two happening in one place, they're happening at different places around the globe. So how many people are killed in an average year? They say the estimate I have here is an average an average is un promedio of 60,000 people per year are killed due to natural disasters. Again, I think that number is still way too high. And while I was looking into these stats, I was interested to see Spain's situation. So what's going on in Spain? Recently, we've had some fires, we've had flooding, this volcano as well. So it says here this fact that i have this statistic it shows that floods account for one out of every four environmental disasters in spain so that's about 25 percent one out of every four are floods which is again i think this is the only weapon we have to to arm ourselves against this We have the knowledge. We have technology. We have science. We know that if we live in Spain, certain ones we won't have to worry about. But other natural disasters are very common. So we should focus on those and avoiding those at all costs. And what is the future? What does the future hold, as we say in English? ¿Qué tiene el futuro? Well, nobody knows. But I know that if we keep having a lot of natural disasters, this, it doesn't look good. As I, as I said the other day, the future looks bleak. I think I said that in the the sharks episode, it doesn't look promising. And I hate to say that because I'm the kind of person who looks on the bright side of life. But if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And I'm not the most eco-friendly guy in the world. I think I do my part. I try to conserve water. I try not to use, you know, more resources than I need. And I'm no, you know, I'm no eco-friendly guy. Although I do believe everybody has to do their part. And I'm sure I could be doing more. And I didn't come here to preach to you guys either. No vine aquí a predicar a vosotros. Because I don't have the answers but I do think we need to talk about it. So I'm curious. You guys can tell me on Patreon. What do you think? We'll also look at it in the review class. I mean, what do you think? Do you think we can turn this thing around or do you think we've done too much damage? And as we say in English, the damage is done. Now, I would hate to think that. And why would I hate to think that? I am a father of a two-year-old girl, and the last thing that I want to think about the future is that there is no hope. So I have to believe that we can turn things around. I have to believe that for her, for her generation, for the future. Why? Because they have the same right that we've had and enjoyed all our lives to sit under a tree. And get some of that beautiful shade that only a tree can give you. And sit next to a brook, un arroyo, and enjoy nature in all its splendor. It seems so simple, but it's so essential. I love what American writer Ralph Waldo Emerson said about nature. Now, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he was a guy who was known for writing about nature, respecting nature, and looking to nature for the answers. And he also was friends with Thoreau. So if you guys want to read about nature in English, I mean, there's no better pair than Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. And this is what Ralph Waldo Emerson had to say. And I I wanted to share this with you because I think it sums it up beautifully. He says, shallow men believe in luck or in circumstance. Shallow, we looked at that in the Sharks episode, poco profundo. Shallow men, and I, I think when they say men, they mean shallow people. Shallow people believe in luck. Or in circumstance, creen en la suerte o las circunstancias. Strong men or strong people believe in cause and effect. I think that is perfect. I mean, it just says like, oh, well, nature's just doing what it does. Or maybe we're doing something that's causing that. Either way, I think we have to question it. Uh, My father always says something, and I think it's a beautiful expression. And my dad's really good. He's a a philosopher in his own right and a nature lover as well. It's the reason I love nature so much, because my dad is what we would call a tree hugger. (laughs) ¿Sabéis (laughs) esta palabra? A tree hugger. (laughs) Un hippie. Un abrazo a árboles. Hey, if I can choose between a dad who cuts down trees and plants trees, I know which dad I want. Because what are children in the end? Children are little plants. They're little plants that we we want to grow into big, strong trees one day. So we need to take care of them the same way we need to take care of nature. There's an obvious parallel there, isn't there? A little sunlight, a little water, a little attention, a little love, and that thing will grow into a beautiful tree. But if you neglect it, if you poison that ground, If you don't let it get light, if you don't take the necessary steps, that tree's not going to grow. It's going to wither, and to wither is to die slowly. I think when we talk about flowers, the word wither is machitarse, if I'm not mistaken. So, I didn't tell you what my dad said. One of the expressions he coined, well, I'll tell you two, love is the essence of life. Esa es muy sencilla. Love is the essence of life. El amor es el motor o la esencia, él dice, de la vida. But another one that he says, and I really love, and I think this one is really his. I've never heard anybody say it this way, and it makes perfect sense. My father says, luck is labor under constructive knowledge. So, él dice que no existe la suerte there's no such thing as luck luck is working hard labor under constructive knowledge bajo conocimiento y sabiduría o sea trabajando en la dirección que quieres ir right like we always say about luck they say luck is being in the right place at the right time Mm, yeah that's luck recognizing it is not luck <laughs> I love when we talk about luck. So there's a little bit of luck in life and we all, we all know that. But I'm a strong believer in cause and effect. And I told you guys that I I wasn't going to preach to you. <laughs> We're just missing the choir. Solo nos falta el coro. I, I'm just missing an amen at the end. <laughs> well, I feel strongly about this, guys. To feel strongly about something is You know, my opinions are very strong. I feel strongly. I do feel like we need to do something. And even more so now as a father. I wouldn't want my daughter to get wind of what we're doing to the planet. (laughs) Did you see what I did there? (laughs) The expression, to get wind of something, is enterarse. (laughs) Okay. Well, I figured I would teach you some good expressions that had to do with all kinds of weather and storms. Because, obviously, it's a part of life. So, we have a lot of idiomatic expressions that reflect that. To get wind of something. Enterarse de algo. Usando la palabra viento. Another one that uses the word wind is to throw caution into the wind. And when I moved to Spain from New York City, I threw caution into the wind. Lo arriesgué todo. O sea... Tiré todas mis reglas, todo, al viento. Hasta luego. No me hace falta. To throw caution into the wind. To take a risk. And sometimes it turns out okay. And sometimes it doesn't. But I'm glad I threw caution into the wind and came to Spain. Because I'm on cloud nine right now. What? To be on cloud 9, estar en la novena nube, nube, excuse me, estar en la novena nube, eso me cuesta decir, to be on cloud 9 is to be very happy. I hope you guys are on cloud nine when you listen to this program. Another one which I'm sure you're familiar with. We were talking about dust storms. This one comes from a song. Another one bites the dust. And another one comes, and another one comes, Another one bites the dust. You say the same thing, morder el polvo, to die, to bite the dust. Uh, Another one, to be under the weather. Now, what does this mean? Have you heard this one before? I'll give you a clue. It's got nothing to do with weather. <laughs> no tiene nada que ver con tiempo. To be under the weather means that you don't feel great. You're not feeling so hot, as we say in English. Uh, I'm under the weather. I think the, the translation in Spanish would be bachucho. But don't worry. If you're under the weather, you'll get better, and hopefully you'll be able to weather the storm. Ajá. Uh-huh. capear. El temporal, to weather the storm. We looked at that in our New Orleans episode. But remember, I had to see a lot of these expressions 20, 10, 20 times until they came out of my mouth naturally. So we're exposing you to all these expressions here that you will hear. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I don't expect anybody to storm out of my class. (laughs) Okay, bad joke. To storm out, to leave angrily, and to storm in, pues el inverso, entrar frustrado, enfadado. So I don't want anybody to storm in or out of my class. The next one I believe you use in Spanish, it's, we say two, we, we can say that are acceptable here, and that is the eye of the storm or the eye of the hurricane. Y otra vez, cuidado, cuidado, because I've heard that word pronounced so many different ways by my students. It's Hurricane. Don't quote me here, but I believe the British pronounce it differently. We're going to have to ask Suzanne, our good buddy Suzanne. Isn't it hurricane, Hurricane or something? I think you guys pronounce it in a different way. Well, in the states, we say hurricane, which is a really good song by Bob Dylan. <laughs> but it's not about. It's not about the natural disaster. It's about a boxer. But it just proves my point exactly what I said before that. Storms, we name boxers after them. We name, you know, all kinds of different things in our society around storms from songs. Remember ACDC, Thunderstruck. Here I Am, Rock You Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions. So, see how many you can find in pop culture. So, what we're learning here is that no matter how storms, no matter how devastating storms can be, They're inspirational. They inspire us. They're a part of nature. And of course, as I always tell you, I've learned more from the negative things in my life than when everything's going well. I've learned from adversity. Uh, So maybe that's what it is. We learn. We pay attention. We realize our own existence, that it's, it's temporary, we are mere mortals, so it kind of makes us look our own mortality in the face, because a lot of times, let's be honest, humans walk around like we are invincible, like nothing can stop us, until a big tidal wave comes your way, and then it's curtains, as we say, but that's okay, guys, don't kick up a storm, (laughs) To kick up a storm is, no montes un pollo, un espectáculo. Don't kick up a storm. Because if you do that, if you do that, it's just a storm in a teacup. And there's another expression. A storm in a teacup is when you make a big deal out of something that really shouldn't be. You overreact. Man, it's a storm in a teacup. Another way we say that is to make a mountain out of a molehill. Oh, and one I forgot to tell you before, which is very, very native, up a storm. So when we add up a storm to something, it means we've been doing it a lot, excessively. So this weekend, I was cooking up a storm. I think you would say, cocinando a tope, a saco. Maybe that would be the translation. Oh, my daughter, I can hear her in the next room right now. She is singing up a storm. Está cantando a tope, a saco. So it's a very native one to know. You guys, I'm sure you study English up a storm, right? I hope so. Don't tell me you don't. And I hate the word study. I shouldn't say the word study. I hope you explore English. And how could I forget to brainstorm? I brainstorm before each episode. I start with a blank sheet of paper and I start writing down ideas. And I say, okay, worst natural disasters. That's interesting. Okay, we'll look at that. Types of, na- and then I start seeking that information. ...to share it with you guys and, of course, teach you all the juicy English vocabulary that comes with the territory. And that said, we are going to wrap up right now. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I tried to make something such as a disaster interesting. And I tried not to get too technical. I tried to stick to the facts and, of course, teaching you guys tons of useful English... And I hope this episode took you by storm. ¿Qué? ¿Te tomó por tormenta? What is that? Well, that's the last expression I'm going to teach you. To take by storm is conquistar. So I hope this episode and all the episodes of FYI take you by storm. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure having you on this week's episode of FYI.